What's good, people? This is Power Ups and Power Bombs. I am Drizzy, and I am joined today with the first lady of Power Ups and Power Bombs, Black Barbie herself. How are you, ma'am? Honestly, I'm at a five. If you guys don't know, I have COVID, but I am at a five. And it's probably the best I felt this whole time for about a week. She's Almost. Sick. She's sick. <laughs> like my grandma says, you go out there and you, and you go play around and you don't do anything like you're supposed to. You get the COVID. I got the COVID. I went to go play some pinball games and I ended up with COVID. See, can't go out here point. Well, I can't say nothing. I went to a whole wrestling show. <laughs> It was probably cleaner than where I went to. Like I was noticing, they were not cleaning off the pinball machines. So yeah, yeah it said me and Bernard didn't leave our seats. We went to the bathroom. And that was it. <laughs> but it was. I mean, it was fun though. I wish I would have went, but my niece, she wanted me at her birthday party, and I was like, yeah. She only turns twelve once. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I was blinking. They like twenty something. Hmm. All right, so I know we have missed out on a lot of stuff. We're going to try and catch up as much as we possibly can, but September was a very, very busy month for wrestling. So let's start with one of the biggest things, the AEW Grand Slam shows. What was your biggest takeaway from those shows just a couple of weeks ago? Okay, so night one was good. Night two was like WrestleMania night two. Night two was really, really, really hard to get through. Like, I, I mean, I was watching, and it's a crazy thing. I ended up watching Black Wrestling um, podcast because they ended up going live during Rampage night two. I was watching night two, I was watching night two, but I wasn't into it. It didn't I catch feel, me. I feel like after that first hour, it kind of drug. Yes. Until we got to like the Moxley uh, to the lights out match. I was upset with that match. Why? Well, first and foremost, Eddie Kingston was in his hometown. Yeah. You're telling me that AEW, y'all couldn't, couldn't spend the money to get a DMX song, a Rough Rider song. Jada, J- I heard Jada Kiss was there. Jada Kiss uh, couldn't play. They said Jada Kiss, they said Fabulous. Look, Uzi Vert, West Side Guns, like a lot of rappers. And and Eddie Kingston couldn't use any of those songs to come out to. I'm like, the, I already have an issue with Moxley's Wild Thing because I don't really like it because it doesn't fit his persona per se. I think the way the, the woman, the, the arrangement for the female version of the song, but I'm like, Eddie, this was his hometown. Tony, we couldn't get no like DMX or something. In, in Tony's defense, he did get let him get the pin. Yeah, he got the stand tall moment. He would get to have his homie come up with him. Shout out to Homicide. We had a Homicide sighting, which I have a theory about that. Okay, stick <laughs> with me for a sec. Okay, Homicide is a part of Ring of Honor. Yes. What is the possibilities that AEW and Ring of Honor have mended fences? And that's another thing to add. I don't know because Homicide, he travels around a lot. So, I mean, I think he does. He does. But I don't know if Ring of Honor was like, hey, nah, you can't go there. 
Oh, they probably told him uh, they uh, him stabbed him with a fork. He's he homicide goes where he wants, but big ups to homicide who looks like he has not aged. Not one bit. He still looks like he did in two thousand six. Right. I mean, how yeah. is he like forty something, and he looks like he's still in his twenties. Uh, uh, Latinos don't crack. <laughs> Apparently so, because man, he still looks like. You're right. right. Black and Latinos, they don't crack. You can, they might they might be like a hundred years old, but they still look like they're twenty. Because Hernandez, baby, he looks old. <laughs> Hernandez looks his age. Homicide he looks does, like but Hernandez still moves around like he's Hernandez. Yeah, but yeah. He got them crow's feet around them eyes, though. I was like, ooh, Hernandez is because he used to be my favorite of the two. And I'm like, he didn't he didn't age. So um, let's go back to night one for a sec. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about what a lot of people are going off as the best wrestling match of all time right now between Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson? It was okay. Uh, I guess this is where my curious wrestling fan, and this is where my ire for Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson comes in. I don't really care for him too much really? yeah I've always been like that like you know when they say what's the one thing you can say about somebody that gets you attacked I don't like Brian Danielson I don't I mean he's okay I'm not a fan but I'm not like I hate him I don't know the match was okay to me it was the best match on the card that night it was the best card match period of the whole thing but I mean that's that's Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega they're good wrestlers I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, did they I'm do not, anything that made you doubt that they it would have been it wouldn't have been that good? No, because they're both good, and I mean, it's one of those things. Like I knew they were going to put on a good match. Now you talk about uh, Mister Phil. I was not impressed. I will say that it was a solid match. I feel like Powerhouse Hobbs really showed off. Yes, but that was a that was a coming out party for Powerhouse Hives. But Phil needs to do dark shows like John Cena was doing, because Phil, uh-uh, you almost you could have killed that man. But then again, that was on both of them. That You're talking about that uh, her Karana. Yeah, that botch was on both of them. Yeah, Mr. Chris was like, you know, that was on both of them because I'm sitting there like, ah, eh. CM Punk looked like he didn't have him correctly, but he it was kind of like, looked it kind of looked like a rush fight, but yeah. I'm not going to sit there and dwell on it because it was Powerhouse Hobbs getting to come out. Now, I'm pretty sure that loss is going to knock him down in rankings, but I'm hoping it doesn't knock him out of the top five. You know, I don't, I don't think it will. I think it's CM Punk. It's like a once-in-a-lifetime. You know, it's like an offshoot type of feud, so it's like it's probably not going to happen again. And then I kind of also want to point out CM Punk's contract, he has 12 matches in a year, in one wrestling year and he chose to take one of his 12 matches in a match to have a match with someone like Powerhouse Hobbs I think that means a lot for Hobbs because I feel like that means that they believe in him going forward as being a main event talent and you know we've been pushing this whole uh, a part of Twitter and everything pushing the whole black wrestling draws thing that whole hashtag is for people like him. Yeah, because I mean, 
Like, I, and I, I enjoy Powerhouse Hobbs matches. I do too, and I want to see more of him. I think that's, I think that's one of the things. Like, I think that's kind of my pet peeve with AEW because there's certain people that I want to see more of that we don't get to see. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's probably my biggest gripe with them too. Like, yes, they have some of the best wrestlers in the world, but they don't have the people that I'm truly interested in, and. They don't push the best. I truly, I, I really do feel like they don't push the best all the time. But it is still a young company. They still need their time to get through these growing pains. And wrestling is a very Caucasian sport. Yes. So, but with the new wrestlers coming up, you're seeing more and more of them. In fact, tonight on Dynamite, uh, not Dynamite, Dark, uh, Darius Lock, pretty much this whole uh, show on Dark has nothing but people of color on it. We just saw on Raw that was nothing but black people. Right. I counted there was maybe a total of seven white people on that entire show. We are finally getting to the point where we're seeing more black people on TV and I'm loving it. I'm thinking they're starting to realize that black wrestling draws. Like I've not no pun intended, but I think all of these companies are starting to realize Except for Impact, because Impact was doing it. Impact was doing it way before everybody else. Right. And they still been doing it. Last year, uh, Rich Swan, Moose, Chris uh, Chris Bay, uh, who else was in the main events? There was a good, good I mean, three or four months. There was nothing but black people in the main events. You had Tasha Steeles and Kiera Hogan. Yes, also mm-hmm. congratulations to Kiera Hogan, and she is officially signed to AEW today. She's all elite. Yay. Uh, I know on the last episode that we had Lee Moriarty had just signed, so that's another one. But it's finally getting there. Now, if we can get everybody on board and we finally start just seeing the best of the best and everybody with everybody, not just because we, we don't want no affirmative action type stuff, just the best of the best no matter what. Right. And we like, want Naomi to put hands on Sonya Deville. Oh Jesus! That's what we all want. Everybody wants it. That storyline story is problematic. For those who don't know, what we're talking about on SmackDown currently. There is a storyline where Sonya Deville is purposely not giving Naomi any type of ring time. Now we know it's our kayfabe because they wouldn't do this on TV if they wasn't really trying to do this, but. Just just stick just stick with it for a sec. Naomi is probably one of the most athletic divas in I said divas, women wrestlers in all of WWE. Maybe second to only Bianca and Charlotte Flair. Yes. There is no reason she should not have a match. And that's the storyline they're going with. And storyline wise, I love it. If people you got people that did not understand this. That's where you're gonna have a problem. <laughs> yes, because we're seeing a lot of people throw around the angry black woman. And I mean, I don't and shout out to Kiki. She pointed it out. She doesn't like and it, it's right, it doesn't sit right with you. But WWE, y'all gotta do something the payoff for this has to be great. Because if you if you're doing an angry black woman uh feud and it's not gonna go anywhere, or you're gonna get it to where Naomi's not winning. 
or she's not doing something or it, that's productive, it's gonna it's gonna fall on deaf ears. And you know, like you said, wrestling is already a Caucasian world, and we we don't want that as a black woman. I don't want to see them tearing down, even though it's for kayfabe. I don't want to see them tearing down a black woman. And making it look like she has to be angry, she has to be sassy, she has to be, you know, the neck rolling and and the finger, you know, snapping right. and gum popping. I don't want to see that because right. we're past that. This is not the attitude era. This ain't. It's not even, you know, it's not the ruthless aggression era. We don't need that. Right. Absolutely. Now, if you're doing Absolutely. it. She's putting hands on say uh, Sonya so Sonya can get back in the ring. I love it, but don't give it to us if you're trying to give us this, you know. Tyler Perry light situation. I'm not liking it. Well, I'm part of me is thinking that it's going to lead to her joining the bloodline. I think where so. Roman's gonna come aside, like, look, they're not looking at you the way we see you. Let us get you where you need to go. Ooh, you know what's even better? She needs one of those talk payment pep talks that he was giving on talking smack. Look at yeah. Big. Yeah. Look at Apollo Cruz. She needs Paul Heyman come save her. But all right, with doing that, does this make her a heel? Are we going to a heel Naomi? Because doing that, they have to tread that line. That way, we don't get that angry black woman, and that's not what we want. Just like we said, we don't want the same stereotype problem. We also need a black woman heel in wrestling because we don't have one in WWE. Most of the black women in WWE are faces. Yeah. There's only what, one? And Sasha. Sasha don't always count herself as black, though, sometimes. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I've been listening to Kiki and Shanties, and I'm like, oh, God, they're right. I still love, I still love Sasha, though. But, yeah. yeah, she's the only one, but we, but we don't have a dark-skinned woman of color as a heel in WWE. You're right. Because I can't, the ones that I do know, uh, yeah, on T on TV, on TV. Let's make that a big thing because there are some that a lot of people don't know about, and hopefully within the next couple of weeks we'll be introducing a few of that. Those two, y'all, yeah, I'll get to that announcement toward the end of the podcast. But, um, yeah, we don't want angry black women Naomi. If even honestly, God, if we can get her to the point where she's starting to have be like a little. Well, I don't know if we want to have her be a mini Roman at that. I don't know. I don't know. This one might actually be a wait and see, and it's a pleasant wait and see. I just don't want it to be stereotypical. Yeah, I think this is one we have to just put in the oven and and just kind of wait. Let it cook. Just let it cook. Roman, see, Roman be telling us. Roman be telling us like when they cook steaks over on SmackDown. You let this stuff cook. You let it. You let it marinate and cook in the juices and let it get juicy and tender. We're not eating hot pockets on raw. We're definitely not cooking the steak in the microwave on 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 SmackDown. The raw, that's what we get. We get which I will say these last Actually, three weeks. Of raw hold on, is, I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push back on it because the last few weeks of raw have been damn good. Yes, that's what I was getting at. As a person who is stuck by raw through good and through bad, through really bad, raw has been great these last three weeks. Like they're not putting stuff in the microwave no more. They're letting that stuff cook. They're let except for when they with Biggie rushing saying, "Hey, I'm gonna win. I'm cashing in. I'm taking it." Mm-hmm. I mean, but still, 
You know he what might- happened? Roman came over and taught him how to cook that steak. Right. Roman's like, y'all ain't doing it right. Let me show you how to do it. Like, Roman came over, beat two, had two wins in one night, four major storylines in, in the entire company. Roman Reigns can do no wrong at the moment. And my thing is, is I want to see Roman and Lashley. Like, I want to see that now. That's I don't even care show. about Brock Lesnar. I don't even care. Brock can go on somewhere. William, William didn't even need to come on my TV yesterday. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I almost got TV off when he happened. It was like he's kind of gonna come out at the end of the show, talking his mess to Lashley or something. I, I don't need to. I don't need to subject myself to this mess. Oh. But let's not talk about the bad parts of Raw. Let's talk about the good parts of Raw. Okay. Like the fact that the Hurt Business is back. I'm not getting my hopes up because I'm almost afraid that they may be like, nope. But I'm hoping okay. they are. I'm, hope, I'm hoping they only put them back together because they need more tag teams. <laughs> I think they, I think that's why, and and I think because Cedric and I mean, Shelton's been on vacation because I I follow him on Instagram and like he's been taking his daughter through like nature walks with her friend. I mean, he's been kind of enjoying his time off, which he does, he should, and he does deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking they're doing that because they, because they've also done they brought the hurt business back. They put they finally, and I don't know what took them so long to put. Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza together. Mm-hmm. That, that was a built-in tag team. All you had to do was put them together. Right. But and no, I love it. I love them together. Yes. Uh, they're, they're like the Shantice did. <laughs> Shantice told like she kind of planted a seed in my head and I can't unsee it now. So do they not give you the cologne vibes. Oh, the shining stars. Yeah. She said that she ruined it for me then. I was like, oh, she's she she's right. Now I'm hoping that is it doesn't please don't ruin them because they're really good. And that's not to say the Primo and Epico wasn't good. Let's just not let's not go down this road though. And my thing is even three, four months from now, give them the tag titles or something. Just let them do because they're good. Like athletically, they're great. Like when they beat Mansoor and Ali, I was like, no, there's no way. I like Mansoor and Ali. Like I like them together. I don't know. It's just weird. It's I don't know. Raw is Raw is doing like Raw is like pushing kind of the the guys who ain't really been pushed in a long time, and it's giving us something different. Just seeing Drew McIntyre like four times in one night. Oh Jesus! Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. You yeah, you said don't talk about the bad stuff. That was bad at the end. Yeah, we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave that where it's at. But yeah, so that was wrong. Um, let's talk about this past Sunday. It was Extreme Rules. Pretty tip. It was it was actually a pretty good pay per view. They only have one Extreme Rules match though, and that's what everybody's big gripe was. I didn't think about it until after the pay per view was over. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. 
this is a pay-per-view that's supposed to be like basically have no rules yet the only match that had no rules was the main event. Like, I was to somebody and they said that you think WWE should get a, do away with the gimmick, the gimmick pay-per-views if they're not going to do the gimmick for almost every match. They should get rid of them. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I can say, they can say WCW did a lot of things bad, but one thing you can never say is they never stuck to their gimmick matches. When they had World War Three, they stuck to World War Three. Uh Fall Bra, it stuck to it. Uncensored, every match, weird stereotype or not, it was uh, it was what it was. WWE only has these gimmick pay-per-views for name value, not for actual matches. I was gonna say that they only do that just to keep that copyright. Yeah, I'm like, there's no reason in even doing Extreme Rules anymore. Right, like, or Hell in a Cell, because Hell in a Cell, you only have, what, two matches that are in the cell? See, they need to go take the template of the old TNA and, like, let that Hell in a Cell be an actual pay-per-view of all matches in Hell in a Cell. And it can be, like, maybe one or two hours long. It ain't got to be a full four-hour show. Like, I don't know what they're trying to... I don't. Are, are they still on like pay per view channels and stuff? I heard that. You know what? I don't know. I don't think they are. I think they're just strictly on. You know what? I don't know. I want to say that WrestleMania was on the pay per views because you could still order it. Because I remember they kept saying you like you could watch it on Peacock or you could order it through your cable service. But when it comes to these other ones, I've never heard them say. You know, I'm. You know, what I'm saying I don't hear them say it outside of WrestleMania. Honestly, I don't see any reason to keep on trying to force a four-hour pay-per-view if you don't need to. Unless they still have, like, pay-per-view subscriptions that they still have to get, which in 2021, if you're still paying, like, $60 for a tw- for something that we paying $4 for, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, don't say that AEW fans are. But AEW has four pay-per-views a year. True, but WWE has a pay per view every two weeks. I know, but still, but it's fifty fifty dollars is still kind of stupid. Twenty twenty one, and it's like most people don't even have cable anymore. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'm give, you I'll, I'll give you that. It is pretty steep still, but I mean, it's, I think it's, we're not. I think we're not thinking about it because we've been paying for the network for so long, and it's been below ten dollars the whole time. Oh yeah, because I oh Peacock ah. Uh, the other day, they sent me an email. Want to re- no, I'm not going up to... T- Why do I need to go up to $10? Even right. though I want to this. Those right. They said like, hey, you want... For $10, you get no commercials. Ain't no commercials on <laughs> Ain't no commercials on pay-per-views anyway. <laughs> oh, no, they were. Yes, they were on Extreme Rules, and they were oddly placed. Like, we missed two's... Um, I'm, I think we missed two people's uh, entrances. Oh, Roman's entrance, but Roman takes like 30 minutes to get to the ring, so I was okay with that. And I, oh, I did him. see that. I did see that. Yes. Peacock did them commercials in the wrong place. Actually, I don't mind that one. They did the commercial when he first stepped out and posed. They went to commercial, came back. He was just getting to the step and he's looking at the fans. I'm like, you know what? I can do that. That makes sense. I'm good. <laughs> I think they, they they cut somebody else's in a, with a weird commercial. Was it? I don't, don't want to say it was Becky. What, maybe Becky or Charlotte or somebody. Some one of the women's their entrance was cut. Somebody we don't care about, probably. Probably. Oh, okay they were 
I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the commercial. So there's like two or three of them too, the pay-per-view. And you know, WWE runs their little classic ones where they're selling the shirts and the merch. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm not paying ten dollars, Peacock. Especially right. after I heard the Spanish announced team while during the live in Carmella match. Nope. Mm-hmm. All right. Now back to the Roman match. Okay. The ending of that match. Now, I will say, this match was really good. It made the Demon look good. Made Roman look great. How did you feel about the ending of that match? I didn't like it, but people started going, because I was live-tweeting on, because Sunday I was really sick. So I started live-tweeting on Twitter. um, And some people were saying, like, somebody said that they think that with the rope breaking and all that weird stuff that happened, they think this might be Bray Wyatt coming back and challenging the Fiend. Hmm. I think that's wishful thinking. I think it is too, but then again, I don't know. You know, Part of me really believes he's not wrestling anymore right now. He's I ready. Really, to I really he's... believe he's just like taking his mental time and everything. I'm. That's one thing I'm never gonna sit there and try and rush him on. I do believe that if Bray Wyatt, I don't think they're going to do a Drake Maverick. I think that was a special case where they're going to sit there and fire him for storyline and, and then bring him back. Because if they were really going to get rid of Bray, I don't think they would have actually fired him. True. Or maybe they like did it. Like with him being a special, uh, a special attraction superpower, natural thing, that's not something you would really get. <laughs> but then again, those ropes breaking like that was very supernatural, so unless you could say Finn Balor's beefing with the, the demon and do some type of weird split personality type of thing. Well, it looked like Finn Balor beefing with God because God was on about that one. <laughs> like, I don't know what Balor did to God in another life, but he's got to chill on that one. <laughs> Someone said they think it was Paul Heyman cutting the ropes. I was like, nah. I don't know. I I mean, if it if it leads to something of a Bray Bray Wyatt or somebody else coming back, like Elias, what the hell happened with Elias and that killing him, his persona? I don't know. I mean, it's but it's got to be something good for that payoff to end like that. Oh my god, I just got a bad idea. Oh god, don't. don't what is it? I want to like I want to hear, it, but then I don't want to hear it. <laughs> What if Bray Wyatt? I mean, not what if uh, Bray Wyatt's soul inhabits Elias? No, Elias comes back as Bray Wyatt. No, no, no. They try to pull a fake razor demon on a fake Roman uh, razor and uh, these want us. No, I want Vince gone from the company. If it happens, I want Vince gone. Nick Khan, you're in charge now. No, if that happens. But it'd be crazy if it happens for Bray Wyatt to come back at TLC. Damn it! Now I'm now I'm now I'm co-signing on your bad thought. Oh God! Mm. See, <laughs> with WWE, you have to prepare yourself for these things <sighs> because they to... very well. I guarantee you there's somebody in the writer room probably going along with it. Like, oh, how about we have Elias come back as the fiend? <laughs> I want Bray Wyatt to sue them for everything they got. I want WWE to now be called the Bray Wyatt Wrestling or uh, what's his name? Wyndham Rotunda Wrestling. It be called something that has his name 
and I want JoJo as the ring announcement. I want the little babies, his little kids putting up the little rings. They gonna hold, own the whole daggone company. You know that can't happen. Vince owns all that. That's Canada downfall of being in WWE. Vince owns those things. Darn it. All right, let's get we, we've kind of depressed ourselves now thinking about that. <laughs> all right, so all right, a few more things to talk about. We have been engulfed in the black hole that is Dark Side of the Ring. Oh no, which one do you want to talk about first? The dark one or the darker one? Let's go with let's go with Chris Cannon first. All right. First off, we uh, well last week we got the the what they call it, the life and times of Chris Canyon. Yeah. Chris Canyon was probably one of my favorite WCW wrestlers, and I never realized how many moves and how important he was to a lot of the things that they do in WWE in WCW. Mm-hmm. And how important he is to a lot of the wrestlers that are in AEW and stuff now. I had no idea that he trained Brian Cage, and that he and the Sinister Minister. First off, I need more Sinister Minister interviews. He was yeah. amazing in this. I very seldomly ever get to see him out of character, and this was a first for me. So I did love hearing it. But I just loved hearing that Chris Canyon was actually such a nice person and everything when he wasn't in his own head. I think it's absolutely despicable if, I'm going to say if because we don't know the 100% truth, if the WWE did fire him because of his, uh, of him being gay, which it shouldn't matter. It didn't change that he was one of the better workers in in the company. Uh, what else? Well, yes, because number one, James Mitchell is as like I I've said before. If I could bottle that man up, and he he was a he's a treasure. Like that man, and I think he honestly told the truth. I think he told the pure truth about Chris Cannon. I think for me, I mean, I'm still on the fence about Chris Canyon saying that, you know, WWE fired him because he was gay. Because you have James Mitchell, you know, he's saying, you know, Chris Cannon can lie easily to your face. Mm. But then next week, you talk to him again, and it's totally different from what he told you the week before. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's someone who sounds like they have like manic depressive, someone with, you know, him, he had, you know, an identity disorder. Yeah. And I mean, the poor thing, he deserved better. Now, I will say this. Everyone wants to cancel. There's a lot of people trying to cancel John Cena over what he said about... Now, that part, okay, that part, I wouldn't cancel John Cena for because he was yeah. just doing what doing what he thought. Yeah. is the greatest place on earth. They only let you go if they don't think you can cut it. That, style, that type of stuff. And I mean, to be honest, we've and we've all said this before. There are certain um, wrestlers that can't do the WWE style of wrestling, and that's okay. 
And the thing about Chris Canyon, I mean, and it sounds like to me with James and James Mitchell, and like I said, James Mitchell, to me, like I've believed him over like anybody else who talked or said anything because he was with that man. He knew that man. And I think he didn't have the WWE style anymore. Like they were getting away from certain things that they used to do, you know, in the attitude era or even in that, you know, that transitional time when they were doing the invasion and the alliance, they were kind of getting away from certain things. I think the issue, I, the real reason that I believe Chris Canyon was fired was just because of the injuries that kept piling up. Yes. Like, after a while, like, time can be a wrestler's worst enemy sometimes. Because if you're not there to be on TV, there's always it's always like a next man up uh, thing. And I hated that he gets left, he got left behind like that because he truly was an innovator of offense. Like, nobody's sitting there doing uh doing spat doing like atomic drop face busters and stuff. Right. Like some of the moves that he did kinda look like things that they try to do in the X Division. It's but yeah. It was truly a sad story. It it brought me to tears just because that's one of that was one of my favorites and to see him hurt and then also somebody as somebody who has also had some type of mental issues myself it it sounded familiar like there was a quote that just kind of resonated with me and kind of brought me to tears when he said you don't know what it's like being inside of my head sometimes and I sympathize with that 110 percent yeah it brought me well I guess because well I mean I was feeling overly emotional because I had the COVID I had just found out I had COVID well, I didn't know yet. I knew Friday morning, but I kind of figured when I lost my sense of taste that night, I was like, okay. But I think to me, what brought me to tears is that he was he was afraid to be himself. Like when they told the story about the porno, the gay pornos, and he wanted, you know, James Mitchell to sit there and lie to his cousin about it. And I'm sitting over here like, I mean, that kind of made me feel horrible for him because it's like, or then, you know, he was perusing the internet and keeping these conversations with these guys that he was meeting. I mean, I just felt horrible for him because he had to keep this whole secret. Yeah, because back then it wasn't safe to, to come out and say you're gay. Right. And I mean, even when Orlando Jordan kind of came out and said that he was bi, and then I think he, I think he's still bi, or he's now officially gay. But even when he came out, a lot of wrestlers didn't want to work with him, even in WWE, because of that. Yeah. Like, it's... There was a that was a a point in time where it just wasn't a thing that you could do, and but, you were always heel, and they were right about that. the The person yeah, that, who always pretended to be very effing feminine was always a heel. Yep, even when we had Gold Dust, uh, like you said with Orlando Jordan, he was billed as a heel when he did become that Velveteen Dream originally as well. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not 100% sure if he was gay or bi or anything, but originally he was a heel, and he had that same style. So I completely understand why Canyon didn't think it was best to come out just yet. And the whole uh, the whole segment where he came out of the box singing to The Undertaker that I do feel was a punishment. Like somebody had said something that was a punishment. Right. 
Now, granted, the, now the fight, the, the getting beat up part of it, I don't think that was, I think that was just a part of the storyline, but the whole having to dress up like, was it, like, is it Boy George? Yeah. Dressing up like Boy George and singing, yeah, that, yeah, that's the issue. Why would you want to embarrass that man like that? But that was Chris Canyon's story. Oh, and now we're going to go even deeper into the darkness. The week before Chris Canyon's story was the plane ride from hell. Now, I don't know about you, but the stories I've heard about the plane ride from hell have always been like in a joking manner. Ha ha. Kurt Henning and Brock Lesnar got into a fight on the plane. Uh, uh, but was it Michael Hayes got his hair cut, his ponytail cut off? Those things are the things that we always heard. We never hear about the things that Ric Flair, Scott Hall, like we never have heard, heard truly heard the entire story. Uh, okay, so with the Ric Flair one, we always heard it as a joke of him, you know, exposing himself, and that's what he always did. And um, this episode was hard for me. Um, I had to take a mental break from the internet that Friday. That Friday, and then shout outs to I think her name is uh, Katrina from In Cat We Trust. Yes, and uh, Kiki because when I was like. Hey, I'm taking a mental break. They were like, hey, my inbox is open if you need to talk. I'm not going to say almost every, but I've, luckily, I was not sexually assaulted, but I was in a situation where I was almost taken advantage of. And a lot of the times in my life, it was, I went to therapy over it. So I'm, I'm good and I'm okay to talk about it sometimes. But a lot of times I got drunk. And I was partying with people I didn't know. And it the situation could have got bad, but luckily I was I had friends that were there at the party. So luckily one of my guy friends who who's still like one of my best guy friends ever, I've known him in high school. Um, we don't talk as much as we used to now, but he saved me from that situation. Cause it could have went a lot worse and it could have went a lot. It could have went pretty bad for me. Um, that episode just triggered me to where it was like, and then you're seeing people on the internet talking about, well, she took a payday and, you know, you know, it obviously didn't affect her that bad. And it's like, you guys don't know what it's like. I mean, you're men. Y'all don't, I mean, I'm not saying cause women can do the same thing to a man too, but you guys don't know what it's like that as a woman, we get that talk by our parents. You know how, like as black folks, we give to talk to our kids about, you know, police my grandma, I remember being six years old, my grandma giving me to talk about, don't leave your drink, you know, don't let your drink just sit out in front of people, you know, always be with people that you know, you know, which I broke that rule at 19, and that's how I ended up in kind of the situation I was in. Oh, well, you know, don't wear certain things, don't do this, don't do that. We, I got that talk as a kid. And I mean, for people to discredit, you know, Heidi Doyle and her story, she wasn't drunk. Everyone else was. Mm-hmm. And it's like Tommy Dreamer, dude, come to find out you might not have 
you may have been. It's conflicting stories. It sounds like you wasn't on the plane. So it's like you defended Ric Flair talking about, well, you know, it's Ric Flair being Ric Flair and, you know, boys will be boys. And no, even in 2002, there was a certain line that you didn't cross because I remember being a kid watching Power Rangers getting ready for school in the morning. They had that whole sexual harassment commercial. It was like, it violates you. It violates the law. Mm-hmm. So, and then it was like, there was Bonquisha. I'll never forget her. This lady, I tried, you know, I was in Talk of Champions. I was like, 2002 really wasn't that long ago. I like to believe that because that's the year I graduated from high school. So I'm like, oh, it's almost 20 years ago. But the sexual harassment, you know, making women do things that they're not supposed to do was still how it was then as it is today. It was unacceptable then and it's unacceptable now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, come at me and be like, well, it was a long time ago. No, it really wasn't, honey. Yeah. She, anything, anything, and I want to say anything from 1991 and later, sexual harassment is not was not acceptable. And that probably, if she was, she is a Ric Flair shield. That's all that really is. Okay. Because she, I, I think before you got into it with her, I got into it with her. Oh. Because I sat there and said that everybody on that plane is guilty if they knew it happened and didn't right. do anything. And she's like, oh, it happened like years ago. Like, And at that moment, I was ready to say something. But I believe Shantice jumped in before I could. Yes. And I really thought about it for a second. If I was to sit there and say something, she'll probably turn it around on me somehow, somewhat. So I'm probably just going to let Shanties handle this because she's better at handling these situations. Oh, yes, she is. That girl is that girl has always been weird because she tried to defend Velveteen Dream and his actions. And I'm like, I mean, you know what? Shout out to any woman who's not been in a situation where, you know, you had to fear or you felt like you had to do something sexual or you had to, you know, Honestly, just again, say it, do something sexual or be type of or being harassed by a man sexually or even physically, emotionally. Um, shout out to you if you've never had that happen, but don't sit there and discredit Heidi and her story because that was one thing I tweeted about that Friday morning. One thing we're not going to do as a as an Internet community, we're not going to bully her family. We're not going to you know, we're not going to send death threats to her. She told her truth and I believe her because she was working. She wasn't drinking. Those guys, everybody who was on the plane, they y'all was either drunk or you was high or you was doing something you weren't supposed to be doing. Now, RVD was like, you know, like, fuck y'all, I'm going to tell. But RVD didn't do anything either. That's what I said. He's just as guilty. But, you know, but RVD, at least he was more like, I'm on her side. But then you got Tommy Dreamer. And I'm a, I used to love Tommy Dreamer. When I say I love Tommy Dreamer, like, even as a kid watching ECW, I had a crush on him. I always was like, I always wanted to see him get the title. And he, when he didn't, I was always crushed. But then to hear him say, and I think that's what triggered me the most, was to hear someone that I respected as a wrestler, someone who I follow on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Like, he was one of the first people I followed because that's who I loved as a kid. To For you to just come back and just sound so nonchalantly and be like, well, if she felt that way, she should have had him locked up. I mean, it hurt. It truly hurt. And it's like everything that happened with speaking out meant absolutely nothing to him. 
It's, right. I, it's it's actually sickening because for you to make that that uh, statement, that means that you're it's normal to you. And he has two daughters, so you're telling me that if your daughters came to you and said, "Dad, hey, I was at this party and this guy groped me and he did things to me that I didn't like," are you going to tell her, "Well, we need to call the cops," or you know? And if she had said, "Boys will be boys," yeah. I'm like, dude, Tommy Dreamer, you have daughters, dude. Like, it's... It's sickening. And then um, the apology that he gave Sunday, after all the fallout, after you were, you know, you were just, you know, you were suspended from T, uh, from Impact. You were suspended from Busted bust Out, or uh, Busted Open. Then you give us this whole, you know, I never meant to uh, disrespect the victim, and, you know, I'm this, I'm that... No, you only apologized because, because you're because bad. Of you, mm-hmm, because of the way everybody responded. Right. Because you did not, because they said he was still doubling down on it Friday morning after the episode aired. Mm-hmm. He, he was like, I stand by what I said. Okay. Well, then TNA was, uh, Impact was like, okay, well, you're not going to be at Victory Road. <laughs> we stand where we stand. But, oh, wait. No, we're sorry. <laughs> um, hey, did he hurry up and ran to apologize. Yeah, he only apologized because his money was in danger by then. Right. And the thing is, is we got to start holding these wrestlers accountable. We got to start holding everybody accountable. And it's like Heidi. The only thing she did was she told her truth. She did nothing wrong. And my thing is, is Ric Flair, you're an asshole for this. Like, there's no other way around it. I'm not happy with Ric Flair. Now, the question I have for you because. I don't know if you've been seeing, but did you see that Jonathan Coachman had weighed in on it? Uh, I seen where he was saying that Vince wasn't on the plane. See, I kind of believe Coach, though, because, you know, JR got a lot of skeletons in his closet. Some of it, I believe some of it, but I, I don't 100% know. Because part of me is like, uh, somebody broke it down. Um, Stephen Larson are going in raw. They broke it down for me. If you were on a plane with your boss, would you be on your best behavior? Yes. If your boss is on the plane, you're on your best behavior. So part of me does make me think that he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But then another part of me thinks Vince is one of the boys at heart. Yes. There's all types of stories about he get drunk with the boys and he'll be out of the club and he'll take everybody's finishers in the club, stuff like that. Yeah, because there's another plane ride from hell. That was the one where Linda almost got peed on by Michael P. Hayes. And and that's the one that Coach Coach said that was in 2001. First off, I think it's sad that there's more than one. Oh, there's there's plenty. According to Jonathan Coachman, there's a there's there's like four or five of them that were pretty bad, and yeah. the one where Linda almost got peed on, and that was when uh, Vince and uh, Vince and Kurt Angle wrestled in the plane. Mm-hmm. That was in 2001. He's saying that that was that was the one where it was rowdy, but it wasn't as rowdy as 2002, which is the story we got from Dark Side of the Ring. That's absolutely sad. Yes. But that goes back to what you were saying about Vince. Yes, Vince has participated in on some of these plane rides from hell, but Johnson Coachman said on this, uh, and that's why I believe him, because Vince McMahon and him owe him $20,000. He ain't got no loyalty to that company no more. He said he's not coming back. 
and he doesn't like Corey Graves. So I believe Coach when he says that, hey, Vince wasn't on this, because you're right. Vince, if he was on that plane, that what happened wouldn't have happened as badly. Yeah. Now, JR, JR has been known to get his story a little screwed up. I mean, he did call Kenny Omega the WWE champion. He did say mm-hmm. we watching WWE Dynamite. So mm-hmm. JR got a lot of skeletons in his closet. And that's like Mr. Chris, when we were talking about, it, he's like, what is the catalyst of all these instances with WWE? JR has always been in the middle of it. And he always makes himself like, hey, I don't know what was going on. You know, I was. I was just there, you know. I mean, I'm just good old Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. It's. Uh, I don't know. I'm just glad wrestling's it's better. And... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just glad that wrestling's better. And you know what? Undertaker, you can say what you want to, but I'd rather those guys be backstage playing video games and playing Uno than sitting over here sexually harassing the, the flight attendants or the women who work in the back. Yeah, with, gun, with guns and knives and stuff. Right. And drugs. Right. Okay. Let's try to end this on a better note because yeah. it got really, really dark for a little bit. Um, A couple of weekends ago, Bernard and myself were able to make it to a indie show for Dream Pro Wrestling. And it was a phenomenal show. It was really good, and it's only minutes away from us. Like, uh, if you come off the second the second street bridge, it's maybe two or three minutes from there. Uh, the best match of the night, if you've heard me on Instagram talking about it, Eli Isom versus Don't Die Miles. If you are ever out and you see either of these men on the card, please go see them. You will not be disappointed at all. Don't uh no, not don't Eli Isom is actually a member of the Ring of Honor uh roster, so he's on TV regularly. In fact, I think you got a TV title match coming up soon. Yeah. I'm gonna have to look that up, but uh, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, we saw Billy Stark, who is a local, like a local uh superstar. Uh, a lot of really good talent, and they're coming back November thirteenth. To the same arena, uh, they haven't announced anybody for that card, but I do believe that it'll be a really good card again. Um, and that is Dream Pro Wrestling on October thirteenth. Is it October thirteenth? October fifteenth. October fifteenth. October fifteenth will be Paradigm Pro Wrestling's fourth anniversary. You're getting two shows for one. We will be there. So, if you are going to be in the Indiana area, the Kentuckiana area, if you're traveling, come see us. It is going to be a good show. From the card that I've seen, I'm going to be there the entire night because there are so many of my favorites from Shane Taylor to, I think, uh, the Big Bad Kaiju on there, O'Shea Edwards. I think, yeah, I think he is. Um, Calvin Tankman, Myron Reed, Shug D., uh, Janai Kai, like there are so many really good wrestlers. Going, I think Billy Stark is on the card again too. If Jocelyn, you never, Jocelyn, who, Jocelyn's on the card too. Jocelyn Navarro. Yes, oh, I love that woman. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> He's gonna be there, so 
I'm, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die when I see her. <laughs> I'm just gonna feel like ah. Um, and let's see, uh, the paradigm show. Also, I'm gonna put this bug in your head because it's doable. The Royal Rumble is in St. Louis. I knew you was gonna say that. I knew you was gonna say that. I thought I looked at it and I was like, I don't know. I kind of want to. I don't know. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Like, God, that's a lot of shows going on at once. I know. Christmas is like right around the corner. So. I know. I know. And then, and, and then it's a Saturday. What is it? It's a Saturday. Okay. Well, I might have to think about that one. Exactly. Like, geez, I might have to make that trip. <laughs> And then I believe either you or Bernard put in our group chat that AEW is coming to Indianapolis. Oh, I think oh, that was story. Somebody, one of them did, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" On November, November tenth, but then Raw's going to be here in November eighth. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like we didn't get turned into a big boom of wrestling again. Thank God. <laughs> and it's around the Louisville area finally. Yes. Finally, not Paradigm Pro because Paradigm Pro. Y'all have y'all stay having shows around her. WWE and AEW, like what the heck? It's like they're they are crisscrossing each other in the cities, and I'm like, what are y'all doing? Hey. Now AEW, if you come to Louisville, I will go. I will go. Yeah, I'll go too. Y'all tickets is cheap. Yep. Well, WWE tickets weren't too bad. Yeah, they're not, but you know, AEW tickets is a little bit cheaper. And I'm like, mm-hmm. eh. Like, cause if I would have got a ticket to that Chicago show, those tickets were like six dollars. I know. Like AEW's a little bit family friendly, a little bit, like price wise. I don't know. At, at Royal Rumble, though, that'd be my first time going to like a WWE, a major WWE pay per view. Right. I think if I just get one of those in my life, I'm pretty good. I'm good set for the life. I've been to a Raw, I've been to a SmackDown, <laughs> I've been to an NXT. I'm good. <laughs> My thing right. is, I'm gonna be shattered though if uh, if I don't go and then Batista comes like and he comes back just to wrestle, just in the, I'll be shattered. Oh, all right. Let us wrap it up. Um, before we start wrapping it up, we are going to start doing a wrestler of the month and a match, well, a wrestler of the week and a match of the week. Okay. So Ooh. be on the lookout for that on the Instagram and Twitter. Black Barbie, where can we find you at? All right. I am on uh <laughs> oh God. So I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BlackBarbie116. Um, sure Geekdom, we finally have a Twitter page. I'm like, we're coming into the 21st century finally. Um, we're also on Twitter at Sheer Geekdom and Facebook on Sheer Geekdom as well. We finally did a new episode like Sunday, right before Extreme Rules. We did a new episode. So we've been back after missing two months. And then you can find me on Facebook at Ariel Cottrell, and you can find me on Facebook as well in the Share Geekdom group. All right. You can find me on IG at B-I-G-D-R-Y-Z-Z-Y-502. You can also find me on the PR, the Power Ups and Power Bombs Instagram page, all one word, on Twitter at P-U-P-P Podcast. Before we end, we want to thank... Nah, the Nation of African American Wrestling, The Ville Wrestling, Paradigm Pro, Dream Pro, 
and the black wrestling community. We love y'all. So for Black Barbie and for myself, we are out.